Hello everyone, thanks for tuning in again. You are listening to Captain Roy's Rusty Rocket Radio Show, the UK Geek Science Fiction Fantasy and Horror Podcast. This is episode 458, recorded on Tuesday the 4th of October 2022 at 2259.58. First of all, let me wish myself a belated happy birthday. It was my birthday on the 26th. On that day, I premiered my Hellfire Club t-shirt because apparently that is the day for new clothes, according to my mum. I have been away for a bit. I have been a little sick. Though, I'm always sick with something. So that's nothing new. This time, I thought it was COVID-19. I bought one of those lateral flow thingy-me-doodle-type tests, I think it was. The one where you stick that cotton wool bud up your nose, and then your eyes water. It clearly was not. There was no ambiguity in the test. I have just picked up some bug that I believe the origin of which is my father. So, thanks a lot, Dad. And that is why I've been away. I've been feeling off. But I'm back now. I'm still admittedly not feeling great, but I'm back. So, let's do the show. And before we launch into this, there are a few things that I should have talked about a while back, but because I was off, I didn't, so I'll do that now. And first of those things is She-Hulk, which is a light and funny superhero show. It stars Tatiana Maslany, who we know and love from Orphan Black. She plays Bruce Banner's cousin, who is also afflicted with the Hulk superpower. The one major difference, though, is she handles it really, really well and doesn't lose control at all, and also looks amazing doing it. Well, she is a bit of a pin-up, and has always been a bit of a pin-up. She-Hulk, I thought, was enjoyable, Particularly the way that Tatiana Maslany is chewing up the scenery. She's really getting into the role in a funny way. And, oh, by the way, her character plays a lawyer. And she's a lawyer who will get involved in superhero cases. She-Hulk, yeah, worth a watch. There is so much on, though. I am not, apart from the first episode going to follow this religiously. On the other hand, I am watching avidly Andor. Andor is Cassian Andor's backstory. Yes, we know what's going to happen to him in Rogue One, but this is how he got there. I thought it was dark. Very dark. Though also quite absorbing and interesting and thrilling. 
I do have one quibble that I actually don't have in the show notes in front of me, and that is that whole thing with the Keystone Cops or the non-Empire security guys. That all seemed a little bit silly. Although, having been a security officer myself before, they actually do sound like corporate security guys. (laughs) Not very complimentary. Uh. Anyway, where were we? Oh yeah, in Andor, we begin with a sort of the Lord of the Flies situation played out by some children who seem abandoned and left to fend for themselves on a desolate planet. That is before a ship crashes into that planet, and he is then picked up by a roguish but kindly starship captain who appears to be scavenging for parts. I don't think she's some kind of pirate. I think she's just some kind of semi-illegal slash illegal salvager. And then we go to the present day when he's in his adulthood and see the everyday drudgery on the outskirts of the Empire, which is Cassian's home, a grubby place where people seem to be picking over technological garbage to make a living. And we also see the resistance fermenting at the centre of the galaxy at the core on Coruscant. And we also see Senator Mon Mothma's involvement. Yes, that's a name from the past. I am watching it as well as enjoying it as straight sci-fi. But not only that, I'm also enjoying it because I enjoy spy dramas. As you've heard on this podcast, I've talked about them many, many times in multiple media formats. And it is done really well. One of the examples of how well it's done is the depiction of Cassian Andor's recruitment to the cause as an asset by... A spy master, I can't remember his name, played by Stellan Skarsgård. And that whole process seems very realistic to me as a non-expert, but someone who has read and watched some of the more realistic spy dramas. The scenario is closer to a John le Carre novel than most spies on the screen that I have seen. Oh dear, that rhymes. And yet, this is sci-fi. And yet, this is science fantasy. This is Star Wars. It isn't even hard sci-fi. So, well done, script room. Cassian Andor, as we see him here, and as is portrayed in the later Rogue One, really is the perfect spy. He is extremely clever. He's greedy. He's ruthless. And he's a murderous thief who also hates the Empire. I'm enjoying the show, but I'm finding it a little difficult to truly like either the protagonist or any of the other characters. 
But I think that is the point. Andor makes James Bond films seem quaint and happy, even the Daniel Craig ones. And yes, I think there is a crossover between spy dramas and this, and if that's what they wanted to achieve, which I believe it was, then you'll like this. If you like Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, you will like this. Give it a try. Even if you're not into science fiction. Though, if you're not into science fiction, I'm not sure if you'll be listening to this. But if you are listening to this, you are welcome. And hello. <laughs> Let us move on to something completely different now, and that is toys. When was the last time we talked about toys? It could be years. But that is something that we do. We talk about geek stuff, and that includes toys. And I want to talk to you about a recent purchase. I was feeling a little down before my birthday, and so to cheer myself up, I bought the Kermit Rainbow Connection Lego minifig, or as it is officially and long-windedly called, Lego 71033 minifigure Muppets series colon Kermit the Frog minifigure. Whew. Like all minifigs that are sourced from those mystery bags, I had to pay a little over the odds for this specific figure, which is part of the Muppets collection. The figure came with a little banjo with four strings. <laughs> I think they just didn't have room to show a five-string banjo, maybe. Although, I have seen Kermit playing the four-string, so who knows. I don't suppose it's supposed to be a tenor banjo. It is like my banjolele, although a bit longer. It also comes with a piece of the rainbow, and is obviously in memory of Kermit's very famous performance of the Rainbow Connection song from the Muppet movie in 1979. The little toy currently has pride of place on top of my Jam Audio Bluetooth speaker in my bedroom on my bedside cabinet that looks like a ruggedized tomato. <laughs> it is particularly great when I play something like the Rainbow Collection on YouTube and then watch Kermit jiggle around on top of the speaker. And it is even more wonderful when heavy metal pours out of the speaker and vibrates little Kermit into a rocking frog. I am holding up the horns of rock. Kermit Rainbow Connection Lego minifig is delightful. I love it. It did its job in cheering me up, and it's continuing to cheer me up every time I look at it, which makes it very much cheaper than therapy or antidepressants. Next, while we're still on toys... Okay, look. 
Technically not a toy, but my bright red, slightly worse for wear, retro-style cruiser bicycle, which is absolutely the opposite of what the Lycra Brigade would like, is also helping to buoy my spirits up. It is a KHS Manhattan Flyer Cruiser Bicycle. I've told you about this before. I bought it in Vancouver before I left, and it has jetted all over the world by now. When I left Vancouver, I flew back with it, one of the few things I kept, to England, and then left it there, went back to Vancouver. My parents subsequently left England and went to Mauritius, took the bike with them, and then they came back to England, brought the bike back home with them. By now, that bike has clocked up an unbelievable amount of miles. It should have its own frequent flyer card. Perhaps I should describe it a bit better to you. It's like one of those 1950s-style cruisers with a cantilever frames. It is a lovely shape. It is a clone of the Schwinn bikes of the 50s. Although, compared to a modern Schwinn cruiser, it's much better. And, in fact, although this was made, presumably in China, for KHS, the exact same model, rebranded, is now being sold by Schwinn. So if there is any higher compliment, there it is. It's not perfect. It's got a rear coaster brake, <laughs> which means you have to cycle backwards for the bike to stop. But after a recent service and an even more recent tire repair at an extremely nearby and decent bike shop, which is very convenient, I have actually been riding my bicycle every day, sometimes even twice a day. And it's been making me happy. I ride it slowly. I'm not going anywhere in a rush. I just let the wind breeze through my hair and the sun warm my face. Although not earlier tonight. There was no sun. It was the middle of the night. Well, not the middle of the night, but the early evening. You know what I mean. No sun. I don't know why I'm making such a meal of that. Ah, yeah. Cruiser bicycles. I don't really understand why we can't easily get these types of relaxed, laid-back, and really cool bicycles so easily in the UK. I'm absolutely positive they would sell like hotcakes. And they aren't very expensive to build. Ah, it's nice having a bicycle, even a cheap one. And finally, Google Calendar. I handed the Hindu events calendar, important events calendar, to my Google Calendar quite recently. However, I am a fairly non-religious chap, and I made the terrible mistake of pointing out to my fairly religious mum how many events she was missing. Because, let's face it, you'd have to be a religious maniac in any of the religions to know all the holidays that you're supposed to remember. Who can do that? 
Anyway, when I told her how many she was missing, it cued this sudden surge in guilt. Sorry, Mum. And cultural activities commenced at home. Oh dear, what have I done? The point is, if you're interested in keeping up with important dates in your culture, Google Calendar can do that. I can't remember exactly how I did that, but there was a little drop-down thing that helped you pick the major cultural calendars that you could add. Unsurprisingly, as well as the Hindu stuff, I have, of course, manually added all the important geek days of personal relevance to me, like Star Wars Day, Doctor Who Day, Blake Seven Day, all the days. They're all in there. I think I did mention that some time before. It doesn't mean that I'm guaranteed not to miss any of those things, because there are so many of them, but it does give me a fighting chance. I think the last one that I was reminded of was International Talk Like a Pirate Day. That's it for technology. We're in the after show section. And just to say again that I'm back. I'm double back. I'm back back. From next week, you can expect two shows per week on a semi-regular basis, including our continuing classic Doctor Who revisit. Rewatch, recap, review. That should be fun. So if you haven't already subscribed and you're just listening to this because you clicked on the link in Twitter, go to my website and subscribe. And that's it. Fairly short show tonight. The show that you just listened to is produced, presented and edited by me, Roy Matur, a writer. Matur is spelt M-A-T-H-U-R. You can find more about me or get in touch at roymator.com. If you want to help, please review and rate the show on whatever platform you listen, though rating it on Apple Podcasts is particularly helpful to me. You can also recommend it to a friend or an enemy, either way I win, or click on the contact or support link on the website. Thanks for tuning in to my regular grab bag potluck of personal geek. You were listening to Captain Roy's Rusty Rocket Radio Show, the UK geek science fiction, fantasy and horror podcast. This was episode 458, recorded on Tuesday the 4th of October 2022, and the time at the end of the show is... 232335 Thanks for listening and bye bye for now Bye